Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. I'm not fine. Well, we always say we are, but maybe not. Maybe today, this one is the one you struggle with the most. Fear and uncertainty. You know what I think uncertainty causes fear? But my question is, since when have we been certain? I mean, when were we ever certain? We don't know what life holds. God tells us over and over in his word, life's like a vapor, it's gone. One minute it's here and it's gone. In fact, the number one metaphor in the Old Testament to describe us, when God wants to describe his people, he calls us sheep. You know why that is? Sheep are clueless. They need a shepherd. And if we've ever needed a shepherd, today we need a shepherd. And I want to encourage you that you're not alone, for sure. But God has an incredible word for you if you're struggling with the uncertainty of life and you're struggling with the fear that it brings. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go to the book of Exodus, okay? So while you're turning the book of Exodus, we're going to be in chapter 14. Uh, I want to welcome those of you on the stream and those of you watching TV 45. It's always a, a joy to have you, and we're so glad that you are a part and I know many of you live in this area. Many of you are streaming from somewhere else. But for those who live in the area, you know, it's, it's, this place sometimes is known as the, the happiest celebration on earth. And it's known for all of our theme parks. And they, you go here and everybody has fun. And we go to SeaWorld every day. No, we don't. We live life. And life's not always easy. How many dreams have been broken here and I just am so thankful to have guests who come who were able to drop in here. Carrie, thank you for bringing uh, this group. And you guys, thank you for being here from South Carolina. Now, where you guys are from where? Texas. Great to have you. It's one of our foreign countries we work in often. Uh, we send missionaries to you guys in Texas. I love it. What city in Texas? Arlington. Been there. My wife went to the University of Texas at Arlington, so we know the area well. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here, and it's always great to have Fresh Start. I love these guys, and I love what's happening in their life. Hey, can you just encourage them? Jesus is changing their life. And the truth is, every one of us need a fresh start, and there's only one place, Jesus, the shepherd, the shepherd. So where is our fear coming from? Well, number one, it is the unknown. I, I don't mind telling you, when I uh, passed the two-year mark from that infamous bike ride, when I crashed and they found everything going on in me, a bad valve, a brain tumor, I began to live life every day going, what's going to happen next? I, my mom passing away, I mean, we knew she was getting older and that there were challenges ahead, but did I know when that was coming? No. Then my brother-in-law passing away immediately, like a week after it. Everything around me, it's like changing. 
And so I've, I, if I'm not careful, I have this dread, like, okay, what's going to happen today? What's going to happen today? And so that unknown can create just a, a, a life where you're paralyzed by fear. I think another one that is loss of control. It, it, I really think that is one that a lot of people battle because think about it. If you can control things, you feel better, right? You, you feel like you're in control. I mean, let's face it. When you get on an airplane and you sit down, <laughs> you don't have any control. And when you get in the car with somebody and they're driving, you don't have any control. You think you do. You don't. Can I just tell you, you've never had control of your life. None of us control our life. It's crazy for us to think we control our life. We don't even know what, what's the next thing I'm going to say? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't know. So let's talk about control. We have none. And so this, this promise out of his word today is such an encouragement. I think the enemy causes us to fear. I think that's the source. He just comes at us, and he really wants you to be afraid. It's why the number one command in Scripture is fear not. Number one, don't be afraid. And I'm going to surprise you where I think another source of fear is. I think our Father, our Heavenly Father, allows circumstances in our life that cause us to fear so that we will look to him. So that we will turn from trying to think, we got this, we can fix this, we can handle this, to turning to him. That's exactly what happened today in the text we're going to read together. So what we're reading is Exodus chapter 14. Let me tell you the story. God's people, the Hebrews as they were known then, they've been in bondage, they've been slaves for almost 400 years. In fact, some historians think they were the ones who built the pyramids that are still standing in Egypt. So they've been enslaved. And now comes the moment they get to leave and they get freedom. So God brings a deliverer. His name is Moses. And by the way, Moses is going to speak on behalf of God in this text. I believe when you are uncertain, when you're going through fearful times, it's great to have a godly friend who can speak for the Lord for you. I just think it's important. That's why it's important for us to be together. That's why it's important for us to be connected is because sometimes God has a message to give us through someone else. So Moses was the deliverer. He shows up and he says to the people, now we're going to get out of here, but it's going uh, to take a little bit because God is going to show them who gets the glory. He's going to show them who's in charge. And sure enough, there are 10 plagues in a row where God is absolutely turning Egypt upside down to say he alone is God. And the last one is the worst. In chapter 13, there is a plague of the firstborn. What that meant was, your firstborn child will die tonight. Unless you follow the directions that God has given you, that's when he laid out what we now know as the Passover meal. That's when they were to apply the blood from the lamb that they had sacrificed for that meal, and they were to put it over the door. And when the death angel passed over them, if the death angel saw the blood, they lived. And then he said, and the next morning, we're leaving Egypt. 
And sure enough, the next morning came the cries of those Egyptians, and I'm sure some Hebrews who didn't take God seriously, they began to weep over the loss of their firstborn. And Moses is gathering the people, and the Lord says, take them to the banks of the Red Sea and camp there. Well, that's great. Now, you got hundreds of people, thousands of people. I mean, there's some estimates that think it could have been a million people. Now they're camped at the Red Sea. Guess what happens? God said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. What does that mean? I'm going to change his heart. I'm going to make him regret letting you go, and he's coming after you. Why would God do that? I mean, we were all good up until then. And now you're going to turn the enemy against us even more. And this is what God said. I'm going to do it so that I will get glory. So that I will be glorified. I know this sounds harsh, but it's the truth that you'll find all through the Scripture. The most important thing on this planet is not your convenience. It is God being glorified. That is the most important thing. And so God is working in that. And he says, I'm going to get glory, so he's coming after you, but don't you worry about it. You just stand and watch because I'm going to deliver you. It's a great moment. And I want us to go into the days ahead with this understanding as we find it in Exodus chapter 14. If you've got a Bible, maybe you've got it where you can turn it on and you can go to verse 10, chapter 14. Let me read it with you. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said, Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt? You've taken us all the way out here to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone we may, so we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Can you believe that? They're actually saying, hey, we'd rather be in Egypt. We'd rather be slaves than to be out here and about to die. Now watch what God says through Moses. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you're never going to see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. And then the Lord said to Moses, <laughs> now this, that was the public moment where Moses spoke for God. Now there's a private moment where God is saying, okay, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, divide it that your people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after you, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen, and the Egyptians, and they will know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. May the Lord bless the reading and the teaching of his word. Three things that I think I see in there. You may have found some, and if you do, I hope you write them down and, and, and take notes. But here's what I see. Number one, our fear focuses on our problems, not our God. They weren't even thinking about God. They weren't thinking of the God who had just done these incredible plagues. 
I mean, one of them, there were frogs everywhere. One of them, there was the river turned to blood. I mean, there were unbelievable plagues. They weren't even thinking about him. All they could think of were those Egyptians who were coming to get him. And you know what fear does? Fear paralyzes you. They didn't want to move forward. They weren't sure which way to go. And they even rationalized the past. Did you see what they said? I want to take you back to the text here. This is crazy. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Really? You really want to stay in Egypt and be a slave? God had promised you a, a, a land that's going to be yours. You're going to be free. <laughs> for it would have been better, better for us to serve the Egyptians. They're out of their mind. Why? Fear does that. When you're afraid, you'll say things you don't mean. You'll say things you couldn't possibly believe, but yet you're afraid, and all you can see is your problem. Second thing, your faith, on the other hand, focuses on the promises of God. Your faith, if you'll listen to it, focuses on the promises of God. And in this moment, there were two promises that God made. Here are the two promises. The first one, the Lord will deliver you. Just stand firm and watch. How hard is that to do? Just stand there and watch him. But I know what every one of us are thinking. Well, I can help him. No, you can't. Well, I can be a part of it. No, you can't. Just stand and watch what God wants to do. And the second promise the Lord will fight for you. Just be silent. The Lord will fight for you. Just be silent. You know, there are two other times that the Lord gave him almost these exact words. One of them was when David was fighting Goliath. I mean, what, what caused a kid to go up against a 10-foot giant? Because he believed the Lord would fight for him. That's what God told him. And then another place where the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, was in a valley and three armies are marching against him. And God said, don't lift a sword. Don't use any weapons. Just start singing. And I don't know how that moment played out in terms of his mind, but I can't believe Jehoshaphat didn't have a question like, you mean we got three armies going to kill us and you want us to sing? You want us to sing? Yes. The Lord will fight for you. I love the way Eugene Peterson, who does the message version. Now, that's a translator. That, that's actually a, a, just a paraphrase of the scripture. But it's great to get insight. It's a commentary of sorts. Look at the way he translated it. God will fight the battle for you, and you, you keep your mouth shut. I like it. I like to just say it. Let's say it together. God will fight the battle for you, and you, you keep your mouth shut. That's exactly what God is trying to say. But what do we do? Oh, no, we're going to help. We're going to help. Let me tell you where fear comes from, according to Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot was married to Jim Elliot, one of the missionaries lost many years ago when they flew into a place where they were trying to take the gospel for the first time. And she walked through that valley. Let me tell you what, she learned some incredible things. Here's one of them. She said, fear arises when we imagine everything depends on us. Do you really think everything depends on you this morning? 
Do you really think that what's coming in your life and what you're facing depends on you? What's crazy about my situation is they discovered two things. One I was born with, one I'd had for 30 years. In other words, I couldn't do anything about them. Neither can you. Your life doesn't depend on you. It depends on the one who gave you life and the one who breathes life into you. And he says to you, stand and just watch and I will deliver you. I will fight for you. Did you know that lifeguards are actually taught? I was a lifeguard one time. Now, I, I, I didn't get into this part of the training. But lifeguards are taught when they go to save us. If we're out there in the surf and we're drowning or we're in a pool and we're drowning or a lake and we're drowning, lifeguards are taught that if we fight, if we are trying to save ourselves, knock us out. Literally, knock us out. Why? It's the only way we're going to get saved. I think God knew what he was doing. I just wish God would knock us out more. Because he is the only one who can save us, folks. What we're living through, what we're dealing with, this is exactly the text we need. When you're afraid, just remember. I fell, I fell in love with a, a writer. He was a, a Chinese follower of Christ. Oh, he was incredible, incredible disciple maker and a disciple. I met him, uh, actually, his books when I was in college. His name was Watchman Nee. And I don't know if, if, if you've ever heard of him, but um, he is an incredibly gifted uh, follower of Christ. He says this. He wrote a book called Sit, Walk, and Stand. God is waiting till you cease to do. And when you cease doing, then God will begin. And I would love to ask you today, are you ready to cease doing? Because God is waiting to begin. He wants to make a difference and bring you peace, not fear. And you have to stop and let him fight for you. You said, well, what if I do that? I mean, the consequence of doing that, I don't, what am I supposed to do about that? Let God handle them. The consequences of obedience, this is what Charles, Dr. Charles Stanley said. God is responsible for the consequences of our obedience. We are responsible for the consequences of our disobedience. So, hey, don't worry about it if you're doing it because the Lord told you to. But if you came up with it on your idea, you might want to worry about that one. God can take care of the consequences when we obey. And you know what? According to this text, he did. The last thing I want you to see, when your faith confronts your fear, faith wins every time. When, when your faith confronts your fear, faith wins. The story in this text says God was glorified over Pharaoh. God got the glory. I mean, he did it in the most amazing way. He said, okay, I want you to go, and I want you to raise that staff. And when that staff is raised, I'm going to part the Red Sea. You're going to go into the sea. And by the way, when you get into the sea, I'm going to close it when they get into the sea. And so when the Egyptians get there, I'm going to get them. And then you'll know, and they will too, that I am the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. So basically, he says, I will get glory. Three times in this text, he says, I will be glorified in this. I'm believing that what we've been through in 2020, 
21, 22, however long it has to be. My biggest prayer is this, God be glorified in this mess. God be glorified in everything we're going through. And he will. And you know, he told them to move forward. You know what? They'd have never seen the glory given to God. They'd never seen the power of God getting the Egyptians and trying to help them away from them. They'd never seen it if they wouldn't have moved. But God said, tell them to move. And when Moses raised that staff and that river parted, I mean, that sea parted, and then here they go, they saw it. And it was one of the most amazing things. He delivered his people. In fact, the last verse of the chapter we're in, chapter 14, says, the Lord delivered his people and the Lord saved Israel that day. My prayer is that he will save you. Both spiritually from a life of unbelief and emotionally with all the stuff you're dealing with. All you have to do is just stand firm and do whatever he says. He will fight for you. What fear are you facing today? That you know what the Lord wants you to do, but you just don't know if you can do it. I want you to pick one fear. And I want you to remember what he said to the children of Israel. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Can I just tell you that if you've never met Jesus, you've never given your life to Christ, you're going to be afraid of a lot. But when you know Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of anything. He will fight for you. And guess what? He's never lost a fight. Never lost a flight. Never lost a fight. So would you today take a step of faith and just say, you know what, Jesus, I've tried on my own, and I got messed up. So I'm turning for myself and my sin, and I'm turning, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to trust what you said. I'm giving you my life. I want to pray with you. If you're on the stream, you're watching TV, you're in this room. Can you give your life to him right now? Let's pray, Father. Thank you for offering to give us life and life abundant. Thank you for the hope we can find in the most beautiful gift ever, your son, Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, in this moment, there'll be those who reach out to you and say, Jesus, I'm following you, and they're going to turn from a bunch of stuff they've tried, and they're going to trust you. So thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. So now, if you've done that, but you're still afraid. That only tells me one thing. There's a fear that you need to give up. You need to give it to him. You're his child. He loves you. Let go of it. In the next few moments, you're going to hear a song. It's called Deliverer. It was written by a friend of one of our staff members. And this song basically says, he's your deliverer. He's going to walk with you. And if I know anything about him, he is my deliverer. While we're singing, if you want to join in the singing of that, join in. If you just want to stand or sit and soak it in, soak it in. But at some point, I want you to say, Jesus, you know what I'm afraid of. You know what it is I'm facing. I'm giving it to you because you are my deliverer. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, 
be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.